Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show for your weekly dose of all things Celtic FC women. I'm your host, Claire Wilde. I'm joined by Lorenzo Pacitti. Uh, you're back again for another joyful episode, Lorenzo. I'm not liking this developing pattern. It's not what I'm used to in this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's just two in a row. Uh, it's all going to be fine. We're going to have a little break during the international scene and then we'll come back like the team, like refreshed, re-energized, positive. I also have no doubt that you're going to be positive today as well because that's what I rely on you for to bring a... Oh, I don't know. Oh, I think no. it was, it's a very... <laughs> there's a lot of reasons, um, I think, in hindsight that I have positive things to say about the game in general. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's a very mixed bag, but a really big, intense... You know, I think it lived up to the billing. I'll say that. The game in question, of course, being Celtic playing Glasgow City uh, at Peters Hill on Sunday. <clears throat> we will get round to talking about it in great detail, hopefully. But um, we did lose that game. Uh, it was 2-1, the final score. Um, you've had a good, apart from apart from that little dip in the week, Lorenzo House things? No, all good. Can't complain. Had a good week. Um Celtic gave me joy before they gave me pain. <laughs> it was a very mixed bag of a weekend, wasn't it? And we were just having the like regular annual complain about the clocks having changed and how it's now dark at four o'clock, which kind of was weird because obviously the game on Sunday, you know, with a four o'clock kickoff, you kind of start in the light, but you're very quickly plunged into darkness. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's an intense, you've commented on it before at Pierce Hill, you know, it's a, it's a weirdly atmospheric and intense ground to play football in, but uh I think with the nature of the rain, it just, it all seems that we have to play Glasgow City under these conditions. Yeah, not ideal. Um, <clears throat> other news just from around and about, there's not a hell of a lot happening in the SWPL as far as like no- nothing that he, like massively stands out, especially that might be related to Celtic in particular. We're still waiting on the full website. We've got half a website still, but you know, fingers crossed we get something in due Maybe course. Maybe I'll, I'll get it for Christmas. That would be a nice little Christmas present for you, wouldn't it, Lorenzo? In your stocking. Um, Yeah, just to mention the fact that uh, there are a couple of games played over the weekend at some of the bigger grounds, notably Aberdeen playing at Pitodri, one of the kind of newer additions to the SWPL at the bottom of the table, but really great for them to have that experience of playing at Pitodri. There was, I think think it was something like 1,650 in attendance, which is a really good number for them. Uh, we've, we just say it all the time. I just wanted to mention it in passing, really, that these the more of this we can see, the better. And the fact that we don't have a fixture at Celtic Park lined up in the foreseeable future is disappointing, isn't it? Especially given the World Cup on it, on the horizon. Yeah, I just think that's amazing when I saw those numbers. I mean, 1,600. Aberdeen are toiling right now, to say the least. You know, this is not a team that is encouraging people to come watch because of the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just shows real base level appetite for women's football because there's not a lot to want to come and watch about that team. You know, if you look <laughs> at the form, and again, Glasgow women are a team that have been getting hammered off every day. You know, getting a, a pretty small one against them. If, you know, we're not here to do a, a podcast about Aberdeen women in terms of how they are as a football team, but there's there's such a a lack of kind of interesting things to go watch about the, the team, the way they're playing, they need to find some form. But to get those numbers just for the sake of it being at Pataudry, you know, it ha- them wearing Aberdeen jerseys, that is the kind of 
response that we would expect from Celtic. And if Celtic play at Celtic Park, Celtic fans want to go watch Celtic and all these things are quite straightforward. Yeah. And just, you know, if you go on social media and you see the kind of, there was a real buzz about it, clearly, you know, you see the players outside afterwards, there are big crowds kind of waiting, wanting to meet people, people talking to each other. Like that's, that's the kind of organic way that we just want to see things happen at Celtic, at Celtic Park, like more of that kind of engagement. You know, I think there was a couple of players from the men's team there as well. Again, we've said that before. Put on a game at Celtic Park, have some famous familiar faces there, like actually saying, look, we're here watching it. Why don't you come too? <laughs> think about that, how much you could use the Celtic way, you know, that space for what would probably be, you know, a, a sub 10,000 crowd. It'd be ideal it would be like a, yeah. a carnival kind of atmosphere outside and people yeah. would love it it'd be fantastic uh so good for aberdeen um they also you know on the swpl highlights did say they i think it was said that you know they're almost like a team that feel like they should be higher up the table but just somehow aren't like i think i, I was expecting maybe a bit more of them but we'll see as the season goes on when we play them again maybe <laughs> um yeah, the other thing I was just going to touch on talking about the SWPL coverage was there are some sort of noises on social media as well about the quality of that. And I just wanted to ask you, Lorenzo, what you think, because we don't talk about it a lot. You have this highlights package on a Monday night. Um, we've talked quite a lot about the actual availability of games to watch and like live football in the women's game in Scotland. But having that SWPL highlights package is obviously fantastic, but... You know, I think the mistake that I saw particularly highlighted was that the commentator got the name of the player who scored Hamilton's penalty completely wrong. Becky Galbraith and it was Morgan Hay. And it's just, I mean, hold my hands up. I'm pretty sure that I would have got things wrong when we've talked about games and it is easy to do. But uh, I don't know. There was <laughs> the other thing that made me laugh was Gemma Fay talking. They were talking about goalkeeper performance in the Glasgow City Celtic game. And when she came to say Pamela Tachonel's name, she literally just kind of went Pamela t- and just said a word beginning with T and then sort of faded out to nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's there's a lot of a lot of things that would fade into that, and I think the there will be teething problems with anything. Um, Football pundits in general, you know, get away with murder. It's a really strange profession where you can be in the... It's no more true than the men's game at the highest level. You can be appalling at your job every week and never lose it. <laughs> you know, it's one of the few industries where that is a real thing. I mean, even the Rangers-Napoli game, the... Uh, I think it's Rory Hamilton, very seasoned commentator. There's a ton of Scottish football. There's a ton of international football, European football. He said Diego Simeone scored for Napoli. <laughs> Diego Simeone manages Atletico Madrid. Giovanni Simeone scored two goals in that game for Napoli. Yeah. It, it does happen. It happens all level. over the place. Yeah. I know. We, well, we also had the uh, uh, Hatate kyogo mix-up. I mean, for God's sake. I mean, the, again, to talk about that, it is the strangest industry. I've talked to this before on like a reaction, but you, know, you, you talk about pundits like Andy Walker, Disliked by Celtic fans, disliked by anybody who's not a Celtic fan, terrible at his job. But these people just keep their... Football punditry is such an obscene, strange industry. Um, I almost feel like we're getting closer to equality now that we're talking about that in the women's game. It it's lovely stuff. We're going to talk about refereeing later as well, so that'll yeah, be another fun discussion. this is what we're supposed discussion. to be doing. Like, this is perfect. By the way, Gemma Fett, I think Gemma Faye is actually really good when she gives her insight onto those games, and I we really appreciate having that highlights package because I think it is a good... And I think you're right. I think a lot of it is teething problems. A lot of it as well, I think, is that 
you know, there may there's a good chance that people in the women's game who are wanting to commentate and have an opinion and give it give us an insight are potentially having as much trouble as we sometimes have getting accurate information about players and about names and about lineups and pronunciations and all that stuff because you know we go on about it all the time if there was easy enough if it was being talked about more if there was one-stop shops where we could go and find all this stuff out it would be easier but it, it does involve quite a lot more work so bear that in mind as well there's a, a handful of people um you count them on your fingers who cover the swpl as a whole to such an extent that they could tell you you know squads Mm. not even close to inside out but could tell you who the players are who are the key players for each team that there is such a small amount of people that do that currently that yeah. again it's teething problems and it's all these teams and players are new to most of us you know nobody knows uh tegan bowie's strength and weakness is quite like us you know even at, even on you know national tv it's just the way it is and yeah. a lot of this is new and it's all new coverage so we will get there and uh it's more fun to point out i guess than it is like any sort of damning uh, criticism <laughs> and shout out to all those people i think you probably know who you are who do know the swpl inside out and regularly post about it on social media and keep us all informed and on track but it's very much appreciated um shall we talk about this game that we went to on sunday lorenzo <laughs> I, I mean yeah we're gonna talk about disappointing that is but i think top of the table clash uh, driving rain, crazy wind, top of the hill, packed crowd. It really, it really hit the bill, and I think, I think it really lived up to it. Traffic jam on the way in. <laughs> yeah, it, it was everything you want from a big, a big football game. It hit all the marks. <laughs> was what, I got there? I normally try and get to the games like that about half an hour early, just to kind of get a seat, see who's there, take some pictures, see the warm ups, and all that. I got there pretty much half an hour. Like it was really busy. Peter's Hill. It was busier than I think I've seen it. it definitely this season for a long time though. Um so it, it it clearly was the game to go to and obviously Glasgow City have got a legion of very loyal committed fans who will turn up at four o'clock on a dark and rainy Sunday evening. Yeah, you got I mean I, I, the nature of being a football fan, a Celtic fan in particular is when the game's on, or when I have to actually kind of compare the two, I would like Glasgow City to lose. Now I'd like them to have a bad time, but I think that the work they've done when you're when you're there at Peters Hill and when you see fans arriving and the commitment the fans have, it's uh it's quite a special thing they've put together, you know, at Glasgow City, and it's nice to see it in it's nice for them to have big games and packed crowds. And when we sat down, you know, there was not a kind of seat to be had and you you think and you put together how much money that is actually making the club today and how that will yeah. go straight in the pocket of just for women's football and you know it's it's kind of everything done right yeah it was, yeah no it was good um although you know we, we were in a huddle of sort of celtic fans you know at what point do we start having to say you have to sit over there and we have to sit over here we don't know when segregation will occur <laughs> it's funny because it gets it's you know it gets a little bit chippy these games are so intense and it's strange you know i've never as a football fan, you know, I've been to a few rugby games, I guess, where fans sit amongst each other. Um, but as a football fan, it is incredibly alien to hear, you know, the like an opposing fan directly behind you or right across the road from you. Yeah. Get used to one of your players or, or call out your manager or shout at the referee for the opposite of what you want. Yeah. It's a really weird 
thing, but it's it's nice that obviously we're not at the point yet where the crowds are so big or so split that we're going to start having stands for a wee friend. But <laughs> it is a, it's a conversation that might need to be had. Yeah, we will, can't have stands yet because having a stand for fans is huge. <laughs> um, yeah how how are you feeling about the actual game beforehand in terms of going into the fixture and what you thought we could get out of it and were you nervous were you excited were you kind of up for it and ready for this big clash the first one of the season to take place very up for it very yeah very excited I, I think I was optimistic in terms of the actual result I think Celtic have been playing well uh, barring last week I think we match up with City way better than we did last season, even though we, we turned them over in the Cups. Um, but, you know, when the team news comes in that Jacinta is, in fact, suspended um, and she's not going to be playing, it really took the wind out of my sails a little bit. She's such a key player. It's, it started to kind of dawn on me quite who's going to fill that gap. But when the lineup came out, you know, I was, I was still happy with the squad. But I thought um, when I sat down... Uh, the environment and the atmosphere, I thought we would, we, I kind of felt like the underdogs a tiny bit again. Um, just the nature of how Glasgow City have been, you know, over the last decade plus mm-hmm. of football. But yeah, definitely optimistic and excite, very excited for the game. I think that's credit to both teams and the crowd that were there. I think it was it had a real derby feel to it. I was not excited. I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you just mentioned Jacinta not being in the team. I think that's something we did get wrong last weekend. We made the assumption that it was a diff- it was a cup fixture that she got the red card in, so she wouldn't be suspended from the league. The word on the street on that is that it's they're both uh, SWPL, SPFL competitions, so they come under the same umbrella. So if she's suspended in that, she's going to be suspended from the league. She's suspended for two games. When I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, gulp. That's a bit. To, to lose a cup game and uh, the first top of the table derby of the season, to lose Jacinta for, you know, 95% of mm. both of those games is insane. For, over, for you know, what seems to be a, a bit of dissent to a referee is genuinely appalling and it's really really frustrating yeah it really is and it's one of those things that i'm still kind of trying not to think about too much just because like it is done it's nothing's going to change it's over with that's what's happened so we just have to move on what did you think i mean should we go through the lineup um quickly so it was pamela tack on nine goals then you had hayes clark and o'reardon at the back um, you had a midfield with Robertson, Otto, Shen, Chance. You've got LAC, Lucy Ashworth-Clifford um, out on the left. You've got Amy Gallagher back, which was nice to see. And then Clarissa Larrissey. Um Looking at that lineup and then looking at how we set up on the pitch, you know, without Jacinta there, what are we having to do different? Do, do you think, what do you think, looking at that lineup, Fran was thinking when he was like, right, we haven't got Jacinta, how are we going to figure our way around this? Yeah, I think it was mostly down to Love Chance to kind of move forward and, and start to play with the ball in the final third more, uh, which we know she can do. You know, she's done that really effectively for us before. She's a very different player to Jacinta, and I think they actually complement each other really well. But I think it was more, we know Chance and Shen are two creative midfielders. They had a bit more license with Lisa Robertson and Taylor Otto behind them. Mm-hmm. I think he was maybe trying to fill the gap with two players. Um, and it kind of got a little bit muddled. Yeah. Uh, the rules kind of got a little bit muddled, but um, it was just, it was a strange game. But I think Jacinta's composure and decision making was really, really missed, and just her, 
or quality, you can't really argue. But I think he, he definitely tried to fill that gap using Shen and Chance. And I think Chance did a, an admirable job of carrying the ball forward in those positions, but there did still feel like a gap between the midfield and the attack. Yeah, and I wonder whether, you know, Larissy's effectiveness was obviously compromised. She's had, she's got, they've got really close. They've got really used to playing with each other. You know, a lot of their success has kind of come, you know, I made a joke a couple of games ago. I think it's like when one of them scores, I think during the Dundee United game, one of them scored and then straight away the other one did. It's like they're keeping up with each other. They're vibing off each other, you know, and maybe there's an element that Clarissa feels when Jacinta's not there. Clarissa Larissy is feeling of it at sea because she's suddenly having to adapt to like who am I looking for what's happening the nature of the the way we play as well uh, Charlie Wellings dealt with it last season as well they're often isolated the Celtic strikers yeah. um, we play a lot of that really direct balls there's a lot of running to be involved so if if it's not quite coming off if things aren't quite there and again if you're missing somebody like Jacinta who is you know the, the one that assists all your goals pretty much mm-hmm. the partner in crime the one that knows you inside out it can feel very lonely up there, up the top, and you're, like, you're chasing your tail a bit. Yeah. Um, so I felt for Larissa, but she, I think she did a, a great job apart from uh, <laughs> being so good at this season. The, the missed chances of that game, something to behold on both sides, to be fair. Yeah. There was... There was there was really, really good football on both sides and there was really, really missed opportunities on both sides. And looking at the statistics that kind of just went up before we started recording, you know, I've had a chance to very briefly glance over some of them and in my very blunt way, kind of look at how the game played out in terms of the numbers. You know, it was such a tight game. Possession was basically 50-50. The number of chances was, I think it was like six chances each. Shots on target, they had slightly more than us. The number of saves the keepers had to make as a percentage was about the same. It was very, very even, Stephen. And it kind of, at the end of the day, came down to who kind of, there was, you know, it was going to come down to lapses in concentration and those very tiny things that happen on a football pitch that mean that one team is going to come away as the winner. Um, Yeah, sort of on that, what do you think are, overall performance was like what how do you assess our performance in that game as a with kind of broad brush strokes yeah i think you have to look at it through the a lot of context there's a lot of caveats in that game i think the conditions are huge i think to play in those kind of conditions uh really affects a game um especially on a pitch like that yeah, the ball is so slick and I think both teams had to get really used to it. We saw a lot of like distribution from the keepers go really awry mm. just because both keepers were having to deal with how quick that ball will bounce when you try a quick throw to your, your fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Both keepers, I thought, were... Like, the game was kind of summed up by two pretty brilliant goalkeeping performances with two big errors, like a big error from each. Yeah, uh, We'll talk about the uh, City's first goal, but you know, uh, Lee Gibson made some brilliant saves and then for our goal was kind of lost at sea. Uh, and in games with that, those kind of conditions, errors are usually about winning losing games. And I think both teams would say they played well in the context of the day. It was really scrappy. It was a really tough game. Mm. Um, and I think, as you say, it was so close in a lot of 50-50s. But I don't think either team really, apart from City, I think more in stages dominated um, at times and kind of got their foot in the ball and played a bit of football and kept the other team under the cosh. Celtic really stayed in it the full time. Uh, and look dangerous still, but I think both teams would say uh, that I guess it was it was super even. I mean, a draw would have been a really fair result, but the nature of these games, <laughs> every big game Celtic is involved in, there's a late goal, whether it's for us or somebody else, yeah. but it just feels like it was inevitable, somebody had to score. 
Yeah, I remember Hayley Lauder talked about them, you know, being proud of how they'd kept their shape and their organisation and stuff. And I guess, you know, we've talked about the fact that we're missing one of our key players. Maybe that played into it in terms of how we were able to kind of sort of stay tight, I guess, and, and know what we're doing. Let's talk about the actual game as it kind of played out. Well, the first thing that you've kind of alluded to, the first kind of big thing, I guess, was the 22 minutes when... Amy Gallagher is kind of getting to the edge of the box, coming in with a ball, and well, lots of people are saying that was a penalty. They should, and Celtic claimed for a penalty and did not get it. Yes, um, even at, like at the time in real time, it looked like a pretty clear penalty to me, but it got no. I mean, the referee didn't give a single um, second look. She had no reaction to it at all. Um, Amy was very adamant. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a penalty. I think so. I think if you watch it back and, you know, we had a text because like when you're what we, you know, we were sat together and I got a text from Chris saying that was definitely a penalty because <laughs> we were at the game. So we kind of didn't get as good a view of it as obviously you see on the telly and you get a replay and everything. So we don't get the penalty. We move on. Um, straight away, Kelly gets a chance. One of the great saves by Lee yep. Gibson. Um, Kelly gets it on her head, but Lee Gibson gets it away frustrating but you know we're still only 23 minutes in um then there brilliant was this... header from kelly like a brilliant yeah, header great like it... to step on the back foot as well and and aim for that far corner with a looping header amazing from lee gibson but uh you can see even the way kelly reacts to it she thought it was in and, and we we'd in. we'd all love to see a kelly club Kelly Clark <laughs> score from a header in the rain against Glasgow City, won't we? Very, very much. <laughs> it's one of our favourites. Um, yeah, so, you know, 37 minutes, there's another kind of chin- Prasir Chinchia strikes the ball. Pam makes a great save. Um, and then another of our chances sort of towards the end of that half, Shen has a chance that goes wide that really watching it back, you just kind of, she puts her head in her hands and I put my head in my hands as I was watching it. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely had the chances. I mean, you will miss good chances within uh, tight games. You know, it does happen. Um, but it's not really been a feature of our play. And I said this last week, which is the really annoying thing. <laughs> Passing up chances hasn't been a feature of our play too much this season. Mm. This week, this last seven days, it really, <laughs> really has been. This is really our thing now. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was nil-nil half time which makes for all the more tense atmosphere which is good because we're going you know we're going into the second half and it's kind of feels like it's anyone's to take still at that point um what were you thinking at half time i i think i thought we were uh, a bit under the course in the first half and i started to kind of move my brain more towards a draw would be a great result um mm. you know we'd keep us managing your expect expectations <laughs> Yeah, I started to kind of consider with the rain and the rain got really bad in the second half that, you know, this is this is good if we can keep City at bay. We look like we can, you know, threaten on the counter. We've got Laris's pace. Every time a direct ball did drop over the back of the City defence, Larissey burned them every single time and it just felt like that was always on. Yeah. So I wanted us to just kind of stay compact, weather the storm a wee bit, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and and kind of just move on the second half. I didn't really expect us to come out and start dominating. I didn't really see us uh, winning, but again, it felt like it was going to be exactly what it was, super close right up to the right up to the death. And then our esteemed goalkeeper puts in a challenge that leads to a 
penalty for Glasgow City, which is immediately given. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it's a stonewaller to, at first, but um, Pam was so good in that first half, and, and good in the second half as well, uh, but just a really rash decision. And she really puts her foot through it, so she's really committed to you know, beating the player to the ball and she takes a big swing at it and nearly hurts herself and the defender or any attacker, sorry, but... (laughs) It felt almost like a sort of... Because you look at it back and you think there's, you know, it's it's not like a last ditch effort in a way. It's kind of, you think, it's got an air of a bit of panicky kind of aura about it, which we're going to hear what Kelly and Fran had to say after the game in a bit and see what their take on it was. But... That felt maybe a little bit, especially going into the second half when, like you said, conditions are not good. We're at Peters Hill, which I think, however you, tr- however zen the players try to be, it's a place that they have not traditionally done well against Glasgow City. It's a place that they've struggled at against other teams. The conditions aren't good. I think there was this kind of sense of, like, not desperation, but, you know, that's when silly challenges like that and silly things like that happen, isn't it? Yep, that's when you make... Silly mistakes, when you don't look up before you pass the ball, you know, these things happen all the time. Um, we had a couple of players guilty of that, you know, loose stray passes, kind of rushing the ball away. Mm-hmm. But that challenge, you know, in the area of the pitch it was, the area of the box, it's really unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and for a keeper of Pam's experience, and even just the way she was playing in that game, it was truly out of character for her. Yeah. Um, they score the penalty, they're 1-0 up. Uh, he brings on he makes reasonably early substitutions um for him for fran um he brings off shen and amy and he brings on shen meng lu and natalie ross at like 56 minutes who really like came in and felt like they gave a bit of an injection of energy to the game for the celtic side didn't they that's how it felt watching them yeah great subs like in hindsight and at the time um i don't want to Pick on her, but uh, Shen was at fault for me again before the penalty. It's another kind of like bit of complacency on the ball, or again, like we talked about, just not not feeling confident enough in those kind of moments to mm-hmm. to turn and give the ball up. Um, and then Natalie Ross was somebody at half time. I'd said to you, I was quite keen to see her because she's got so much experience, and this yeah. game just felt like it would suit her. She's got so much dig. She's really good in the challenge. Uh, she's knows how to move the ball forward at pace. Mm-hmm. It just felt like Natalie Ross suited the game, so it was a great sub. Um, and then Shen uh, Meng Yu, or Meng Lu, sorry, uh, was so good when she came on. And she's a player that's not really convinced me um, on this podcast too much, but I thought she was, for the conditions, for the pressure in the game, the confidence she had running with the ball and driving with the ball at pace was exactly what we needed because it felt like we were really hitting a sticky patch every time we got in their half. Yeah, um, for her to just kind of put the responsibility on her own back to come on and take players almost was so impressive. She really did take the bat on, didn't she, and run with it. She was kind of like you said, she was. She was. I sort. Of, I think I said to you, she sort of looks fearless, especially taking on some of those very physical. They've got a bigger physical presence than her, but she didn't seem intimidated at all to just be like, right, I'm here and I'm here to do a job. And she did do the job. I mean, ultimately, she scored our goal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant run. Like, she's, again, she would drive into the final third and keep really good close control of the ball and turn and make a decision. And she puts in a really dangerous ball, which, again, we were lacking. We didn't. We had a few really good chances come from balls across the box, but we actually had a ton of opportunities to deliver. 
which we didn't really make the most of. But that ball from Shen is just super dangerous. And, I mean, Lee Gibson is super experienced and she'll be raging with herself. But there's a wee mix-up at the, the bar for Glasgow City. But the ball is dangerous. The pitch is slick. It's exactly the ball you want to put in. And that's why, because it causes havoc in a box. Yeah, and to have the boldness to just do that, it was just, I mean, that was such a great moment when she scored that goal um, at like 75 minutes. but not And not long after... We had an opportunity to go two one up. <laughs> did you notice us on the highlight? Did you what highlights did you watch? Did you watch the? I uh, watched the SWPL. If uh, if you BBC go on Sports the Glasgow Island. City YouTube highlights, okay, uh, you see us celebrating Shane's goal. Do you? <laughs> you do, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch it straight after because <laughs> there's nothing more that I love than seeing myself on camera. <laughs> Just see me apologising to the woman in front of me, or the woman in front of me thought she hit me because she was so excited. <laughs> And I'm saying it's okay, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, it was really such a magical moment. And then, like I said, there was this opportunity for us to go ahead. Clarissa Laracy is sort of just, I mean, I don't really know what to say about this. <laughs> just go back and watch it. It's, Every single day she's putting that in the goal. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, it's exactly what we're after the whole game. You know, she'd um, got there. She'd done all the things right. She'd used her speed. She'd got back in behind. She was there. She was on goal and... Just what happened? Her ability to stay on side, amazing. Her speed, amazing. The ball from Hayes, <laughs> that what you wanted. So dangerous, dropping perfectly for between where Gibson won't want to come out to it and the defenders can't catch Laracy. The ball does take a couple, it's, it's that way where it holds itself up. It takes a couple of awkward bounces and she has to think about it instead of just being able to act instinctively. It's on a weaker foot. But again, the way Laracy's playing every day of the week, but it's... I don't know, the conditions, and she just snatches at it and freshies it. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. I mean, Chinchia, like I said, I think right at the beginning, Chinchia had a chance like that as well that we all looked at and went, oh, God, no. That this, we, You just assumed that was them with another goal. Was it in the first half? Was it? Yeah, she had it, she had it quite early, I think. Yeah, uh, and, she, and then she just puts it, she just puts it over the goal and we were all just like... 15 yards over the ball. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those types of games, wasn't it? Really? Where you just, yep. anything could, <laughs> could happen. Um, and anything did happen. Lapse of concentration for us. What happened for the, you know, all we had to do again, very reminiscent of the weekend before get to the end of the game without conceding another goal <laughs> at the very least. And 90th minute, Hayley Lauder, on the rebound, is in the right place at the right time, has the experience and the composure to not panic and to not snatch at it because it's the 90th minute and it's all very tense and close and very co composedly, if that's a word, puts the ball in the net. Yeah, I think, again, it all starts from a quick throw-in. It's like they're sleeping a little bit. Um, and we've been guilty of that before, uh, particularly at the end of the game, seeing things out. But I thought Hayley Lauder was exceptional. Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday I thought she was absolutely amazing she's so vocal she's literally kind of playing with the ball at her feet and directing traffic at the same time if they're defending she's pulling players across the park I think she's amazing um, and I really enjoyed watching her that full game I thought she was brilliant and it kind of highlighted to me that we don't talk enough yeah. I don't think you, hear, you, you can hear um, you know, Caitlin or Kelly pulling the defence up and directing traffic a bit defensively but I really don't think there's enough talking when we're moving the ball I really don't think. Do you think we need someone control. a bit more vocal, kind of further up the pitch? Who would you kind of 
who would you expect to be hearing that kind of thing from? Um, I would say Lisa, but Lisa's role isn't quite to kind of um, start attacks. Lisa's role is very much as a um, she facilitates a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to fall on. I think maybe Jacinta is more vocal than we give her credit for. Yeah, uh, and I think Jacinta sometimes to her detriment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very demanding of the ball, uh, which was missing again the other day. Uh, I just thought. There wasn't so much a, a case of somebody I'm expecting to step up or somebody I'm expecting to hear from. I just didn't think across the team there was a lot of even calling for the ball. I think Taylor Otto was a little bit guilty of letting the game pass her by. Yeah. She definitely improved later on in the second half. Uh, but as the second half started and things got a little bit uh, hairy, I think she could have demanded the ball a bit more, particularly with her physicality. She could hold off players. Yeah, um, Yeah, I just think maybe a little bit more talking a little more conversation yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it there's a lot that I kind of want to pick up on from what you said I'm I may not end up picking up on all of it but the thing about the quick throw in leading to the goal that's something we that we as a team have obviously worked on to do to get those quick throws to get those quick starts to take those quick free kicks and it's almost like we're not you know and I said to you as soon as the game kicked off I was like god it's so different watching us against a team that can match our pace straight from the word go like it was so immediately obvious and it it felt a little bit like we maybe were taken by surprise that we were playing against a team who were going to use the things that we are trying to do back at us yeah I think uh, particularly as the second half gone when we scored our goal the momentum really swung our way and we had five ten minutes of kind of dominance and Mm -hmm. the quick throw-ins were making such a difference players were screaming for the ball um, so yeah, you're right to, to not expect that from City is is complacent because there's a reason City have won this league so many times. They've got a lot of really mm-hmm. uh, experienced players. They take advantage if you sleep and that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. And they're going to have seen that that's what we've been doing all season and what we're, we've been working on and go, right, well, we can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Um, and in terms of throw-ins and stuff, you know, I did think that, you know, Clara Reardon took quite a number of our throw-ins and there was some real hesitancy around, like, who was wanting it, who was there, what what the next move was supposed to be. She looked like she didn't quite know what the plan was. She, she looked like we, she didn't quite know we were playing in hoops for the first half hour. <laughs> she did chuck it to City players at least twice. <laughs> but we missed, I think we missed, talking about players we missed, we missed uh, Chloe Craig. Yeah, massively. Um, again, somebody who's just got so much self-assuredness um, and confidence and ability. You can't just take these players out of the team and expect everything to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a huge miss for us. Um, there's a few players I think need to step up um, if we're going to kind of really challenge for this title because it's okay beating teams. It's okay beating teams nine nil, ten nil. Doesn't matter if you drop points against City and Rangers. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's very true. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, maybe a few players who will keep an eye on, see if they do step up. Other players, I mean, I've got here on the rundown, you know, looking at players who stood out. I think for me, the the ones that immediately spring to mind are Ross and Lou when they came on as subs. For me, they were players who kind of, do you remember that game early last season where um, Chance and Shen came on? You know, there's yep. when you... you there are certain games where subs are made and it just the energy of the game shifts and so I would I would highlight them but for you anyone else no I'd, I'd agree um I think that uh LAC had a frustrated kind of afternoon um I think she was defended really well and she was double teamed quite a lot mm-hmm. again just credit credit to City 
Um, it's easy for us to say because we watch every week, but to double team Lucy Ashford, Ashworth Clifford, uh, really takes like a lot of threat away. You know, she mm. is such a, a focal point for us. And when you've already got Jacinta, you don't have to deal with. I think they made a really smart point of really zoning in on her. Mm-hmm. I think uh, she deserves a lot of credit because as the game went on, I think she managed to get by players and she made an impact. Um, but she was hitting a brick wall quite a lot because they just had zoned in on her and they thought you're not getting in that final third. <laughs> um, and fair play to them. I think it really paid off for them. Um, apart from that, I don't think it was MD that was particularly brilliant. Um, again, it's an awkward game. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, tough moments in that game to kind of stand by. And I think Lisa Robertson stood up quite well when we were getting kind of dominated a wee bit. She kind of broke that up, broke a lot of play up that helped us survive. Um, and Larissa did a lot of great running, but she really could have had two or three and <laughs> really should have had one. Yeah. Um, I was going to, um, you can go and hear the audio from Fran. Obviously there was interviews. They did um, Celtic did interviews that are up on the YouTube, they're on the Twitter, but you've got the audio here from the chat that uh, Celtic had with Kelly after the game. I just wanted to listen to that and have a quick chat about what you thought about her take on things. Kelly, can you sum up your feelings after that game? Um, just disappointment. Um, you know, Obviously, it's not great getting beat, but to be honest, I think the, the more disappointing thing is how we played today. Um I think we've started the, the season really strongly and a lot of good performances, even if it's not for the full nightmare every week. we've In every single game, we've had spells where I, I think we've been close to unplayable. Um, but today, we we didn't start particularly great um, and we, we struggled to find our feet. We did manage to have a 20-minute spell in the second half that um, you know um, we can be a bit more proud of, but you know, 20 minutes against Glasgow City is, isn't enough. When you look at the kind of nature of the the afternoon, obviously you know kind of getting the giving the penalty away so early on in the second half, how much does that affect the game? You know, you obviously you're not going to let the try and let it, but how much does that affect you? It's frustrating, you know. But maybe if it was in the seventieth minute or something, you feel a bit calmer. But the fact that it was straight after half time, it does affect you. You know, you've just had a team talk, you've tried to get everybody lifted and and going and flying for the second half. You want a good start in the second half, so you know that the whole point in half time is to in games like that is to lift everyone um, and obviously that's a not a great way to have a third back down to earth um, but you know fair play to the girls after it I thought we did react like I say we, we made a couple of subs and they came on and they did well and they got the goal and stuff um, and then the frustrating thing after that is, is not seeing the game at least at, at one all um, we were obviously pressing for the winner but conceded at the other end you touched on my next question there, you know, obviously the tempo was raised after the goal and is that something you know, that you can take encouragement from moving forward as much as you say it wasn't enough, there's something there you can work on? Absolutely, um, and I think the other thing is, you know, not only did we concede from a penalty straight after half-time, the first half performance wasn't great, so it shows that there's the mentality there, you know, we, we didn't play the first half well, um, we conceded straight after the second half and we still had it in us to find something Um and, you know, like I said, for, for 20, 25 minutes, I, I thought that we, we did put them on the back foot and we, we can be proud of that that section of the game. Um, it's just not enough when you're playing against that, a top side who will punish you for performances that we put in today. Obviously, a couple of weeks now before the next competitive game. Is that just time to digest the last week? Absolutely. Uh, I think we we need to go away and analyse um, heavily, probably, both games um, and put right where we're going wrong. Um, you know, it's it's obviously only... October, so there's no point in knee jerking or anything like that. But um, we we definitely have things that we need to put right, and 
at least we do have the chance to, to put them right um, in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Kelly. Um, I thought there were a few interesting things in there. What stood out for you? She's pissed, which I really like. To, I think Kelly, when she does interviews after big games, he like means this, angry, um, not drunk. Oh yeah, I mean angry. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I really like. I, I mean, we talk about how much we like Kelly's a captain anyway, but there's something about how evidently raging she sounds, which I really, yeah. really like. And I'm, it's really good to hear. It's quite heartening to hear actually the standards she has mm-hmm. um, because I think as a as a team I think it is appropriate they don't think their performance was good enough as fans who watched that game in, the, in that rain with that atmosphere I think it's much easier for us to say that they still put a shift in and that it was a really close game and it could have gone either way uh, but I think it's appropriate for the captain of the team to think that wasn't good enough um, and again that a spell of 20 minutes on top against City if you want to win this league is not good enough these are like appropriate standards for a Celtic team to have yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's something that is a characteristic of Fran's team. And I think, you know, if you if you listen to his comments, he was obviously angry with it afterwards. And they do hold themselves to really high standards. It reminds me of, you know, this, I think that culture was kind of embedded quite early on in his kind of tenure as manager. Because I remember in his first season, there was a game against Hibs that we won 6-2. And when we spoke to players after, they thought that they hadn't played well enough and it was kind of mind bending that that was the way that they had come off the pitch. But they were like, we didn't do what we were supposed to. We we sh- it should have been better. We should have done this. So they definitely know what's expected of them. And Kelly is such a good leader. I thought it was interesting, the stuff about the kind of when the goal was scored for Glasgow City and talking about that team talk thing and kind of coming back from the dressing room. And I feel like maybe it plays into your thing about being a bit more vocal and kind of keeping some of that team talk energy up on the field obviously they did manage to bring some of that energy but just to keep that communication going and that kind of I don't know I'm clutching at straws here <laughs> maybe yeah I think we've seen enough at the Celtic team to know that the, the heart is there the desire is there they can build themselves back up on the pitch um, I just feel like there's there's an element um, in that team watching from like you know very close as we were that it's great to be, you know, motivated and keep each other's spirits up and go out and look for the winner or go back and look for the equaliser after the penalty. But there has to be, for me, more vocal discussions on the park about, you know, just when you want the ball yeah. or what's going wrong or um, who should be defending who, switching players. You don't really hear. And again, this could 100% just be me not quite hearing it um, or them not being as loud as the City players. But you don't hear players pass on players enough for me in the middle of yeah. the park. It's kind of left till it's the centre-backs. Um, so when I talk about players being more vocal, I do think they motivate each other enough because we've seen that. There's no reason to doubt this team's ability to kind of have each other's backs and, and yeah. play for the team and, and get back into a game. Uh, but there has to be more discussion on the pitch in terms of responsibilities and uh, how we want to play and what's not working on the mm-hmm. pitch. We don't have to wait until half-time to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the way she said we need to go away and analyze heavily. <laughs> heavily. I like that because it was like it really there was real intention behind that word about there's going to be some conversations had potentially tricky conversations about the the week that's just gone, you know, after the flying start to the season. And we are coming up for a break. We'll talk about that in the next fixture. We'll kind of move on to that. But 
we're kind of coming up for a break. They've got a friendly arranged as they have had in these breaks that we keep seeming to have this season. I don't know why it feels so much bittier than other seasons, but it really does. Um, but there, there clearly are things they do have to work on and, and that they will be focused on. But, it, you know, that's a challenge as well. Kelly's just been called up for the Scotland camp again. There's lots of, you know, Clarissa Laracy is away to Canada. Some of the key players are going to not be there to work on some of this stuff. You know, the blessing that Jacinta will be back for the Rangers game after the Hearts game. I mean, if if she'd been suspended for the Rangers game as well, I don't know what I'd have done. <laughs> a riot. Yeah, I think I'd have stopped. I'd have stopped watching. I'd have left football <laughs> altogether. Um, and I've given up. Is there any um, world in which this break now of two weeks, because we don't have a cup fixture at the weekend like some clubs do, um, kind of comes at a t- good time in terms of, you know, we have it, this intense period of like losing twice in games we in the last minutes to games in games we should have won or should have got a result out of. You know, is there something to be said for being able to just take a breath, stop and go, right, what are we doing here? Regroup. I think if it's managed appropriately, then yeah. Um, ideally, if I could choose what happens next, it's that we play Glasgow Women on Sunday, you know, or a team <laughs> right at the bottom of the league. Yeah. And we go out and we get back to basics and we hammer them. That for me is how you, how we would get over this ideally. But having a break, you know, again, players can rest. It's been quite an intense week um, with losing these big games. So again, managed appropriately. And as you say, we'll be missing some internationalists. Uh, but everything again should be focused on getting these players back to the form they started this season in. It's not like we're a month up, like a month removed from that form. We're you know ten days. Yeah, removed from yeah. That it's it ten days is a long time in football. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a long time anyway. Um, so we've got Hearts on the twentieth of November. So it's a while away now. We obviously don't know what the options are going to be in terms of being able to see that game. It is at Excelsior, so it is a home game. So you'll be able to buy tickets and come along um again like interesting fixture to come back to hearts are now fourth in the table right behind us because we've dropped down to third after that loss city and rangers however do play each other on the same day so something's going to happen at the top of the table next on that sunday the 20th whatever happens um you know it is it's it's going to be a challenging fixture for sure there parts are a team who are sort of slowly but surely really gathering themselves together to look like a pretty slick outfit. I think they're, you know, Ava Olid is some an ambitious manager who knows that she's got a kind of long-term plan for that team and it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah, again, it's a, it, after a break, doesn't matter. It's it's a tricky fixture to come back into. Um, we might have some tired players as well from travelling. I'd rather play somebody at the bottom. But They've again, also got an be- excellent goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we should be beating Hearts, obviously. But um, you know, it depends how quickly we do get this form back. But Hearts will be a test, and obviously they've not been hammered by City and Rangers when they've played them. And so all I'm hoping for is a win. You know, it's usually we'll come out and we say, "Well, let's get the goal difference up." I think we're, where we are right now, confidence-wise, I think we we'll go out if we can get a nice, comfortable win against Hearts, no matter if it's two or three or whatever, um, that would be the ideal. But they're going to be a tricky tie and it's 
Yeah. It's not the best one to come back to. Yeah, they've played City and Rangers and both they've lost 2-0 to both of them. They've also been on a run of form against teams that are much lower down in the table. So they'll probably be quite confident. But yeah, I think you're right. It's just a game that we just need to go out and really like take them very seriously um, and give it everything. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes up. Do you want to give me a prediction for that game or is it too early? I'll go two 0 as well. I think just maybe match up two 0 yeah. yeah. I'd I, like do, I just think I think there's a way to look in. You know, the week we've had that we've talked about. You drop points, you're kind of out. But we've we've dropped two points against City. We have plenty of games to play against the other. You know, the big two. Uh, things just need to swing our way a wee bit more. I think it's too early to be like we need Rangers to beat City or we need City to beat Rangers or whatever. Yeah, I guess it's, a draw is probably what we're looking for. I sometimes need that, like Kelly said in that um, interview she did after the game, you know, she's like, it's only October. Sometimes I need someone to sit me down and say, Claire, take a breath. It's only October because I think I get so (laughs) kind of caught up in the numbers and the kind of staying ahead and everything and just wanting Celtic to be the best and do the best and win all the time, which obviously we all do. But um, it is only October. There is a lot of football to play (laughs) for the rest of this season. And it's going to, you know, we've also got the Christmas break to come. We've had seasons where we've come back after the Christmas break and that's been really good for us to kind of hit the ground running again. But who knows? A little bit of a break. For us, we are going to be looking to do something a bit different. We've got Christian Wolf coming on to talk to us and actually explain some of the stats and tactics stuff in a way that like he interprets it properly. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting, Lorenzo, to see like how we, how everyone is performing in the table in terms of like, obviously you've got the league table and the numbers and the goals, but where those goals are coming from, what kind of way, the ways in which these teams are able to get their results or the ways in which they're lacking and, and kind of losing games. Yeah. I'm curious to see how we do stack up against the other um, big hitters at the top. And maybe what patterns are a wee bit different to last season because things definitely emerged. Um, and then I remember we were quite kind of taken aback by a few things that, to the eye, yeah, um, we definitely had an awareness of how this Celtic team plays and where they get their goals, whatever. And on a long enough time scale across the season, it proved to be a wee bit different. Yeah, so, always interesting. Yeah, so there's enough games kind of data from games now to kind of see if there are any patterns developing. I think last season the thing was that you know like you said about this week you, there was that feeling that we uh, weren't taking our chances in front of goal and it actually turned out that we weren't not taking our chances like anyone else there was I think I my expectation is that we will see that it's getting even tighter at the top. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and you may be, you know, Christian's talked to us before about, we've always talked about that top three, Hibs, the rest, and obviously Hearts are now fourth. You've got the whole table is kind of jumbling around a bit. So I think it will be really good. Uh, we're also hoping to maybe get an interview with a player between now and uh, coming back for the game on the 20th. So watch out for that. But thank you very much, Lorenzo, for talking with me about Glasgow Celtic and the weekend it's always a pleasure despite a disappointing week i think there's the positives i'll take from the weekend is how much i enjoyed the intensity of that yeah. derby yeah and there's a lot more to come where that came from i would definitely recommend coming to one of those fixtures if you're able to and haven't been yet i've enjoyed it as well weirdly i kind of sometimes you know talking helps so i feel a bit better lorenzo thank you very much thank you
I've been Claire Wilde. This has been the Celtic Women's Football Show and we'll speak to you very soon. (laughs) 